Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hello, this is Pablo Sabaleta. This is Troy Dini. This is Kevin Phillips. This is Jurgen Klopp, and you're listening to The Big Interview with Graham Hunter. Thank you, Jurgen. I travelled to all these interviews from Barcelona, and our socios, our beloved members, keep us on the road. This independent podcast would not happen without them. Please go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter right now to become a socio, to become one of our members and get an extra big interview every month, plus loads of bonus content. So, go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Graham Hunter, and we'll bring you joy. Pat Nevin was a unique footballer and is now a thoughtful, reflective, fun media commentator. He's also a music obsessive and a man in possession of the best Doug Rugby anecdote ever. And if you don't know who Doug Rugby was, I'm coming after you. So you can guess it was only a matter of time until he joined us as a guest on the big interview. We spent a brilliant couple of hours in Pat's company covering a great deal. Why John Terry is misunderstood, in certain senses at least. How good Eden Hazard can become, why he hasn't already, why the Irish sports media is on another level altogether, and how Pat stood up to racists on the terraces during his career. This interview was recorded in the function room of an outstanding Edinburgh pub, thanks to Sean and all the staff of the St Andrews Brewing Company at a house in Broughton Street Lane in Edinburgh, which set the perfect indie tone for a memorable big interview. I was startled to hear a perspective that I don't have as much grip on, but you talked about a guy who has obviously got you transfixed and who's now moved into management. You talked about John Terry. Mm-hmm. And in my small number of interactions with him one-on-one, I've seen players around the Chelsea um, training ground. Oh, God, it's just John. And they obviously have a mixture of fear and awe and love. Mm-hmm. And in the interviews I've done with him one-on-one, he, he, he rips up any stereotypes you bring into the room mm-hmm. because... There are certain people who are, people who are just commanding. I, I don't know if it's what they transmit or how the haircut is, how the eyes are, what the words are, I don't know. But like in terms of listening to somebody communicate back, 
He's one of the most riveting people I've ever come around, and you extrapolate from that, don't you? If you've never had the gift to play professional football like yeah. you, we all kind of go, well, what if I was playing with that guy? And my judgment is that it would have been one hell of an experience being led by or playing alongside John Terry. And it seems you are quite um, struck by him as, as an individual, not just as a footballer. Yeah. I hate falling for the tropes that I'm fed, be it media, be it anyone. Yeah. Um, and you make a decision about somebody before you meet them. Because many people have done that about me. Hmm. And then they meet me and they go, oh, you're not really like that at all. <laughs> but they've decided you are. I mean, you only need to go on social media and you find that out. But I had made my decision about John Terry before I ever met him. Because the things he'd done wrong, which he has done plenty of things wrong. And, I th- and certain specific things are almost anathema to me as a human being. You yeah. know, like, and I met him and I thought, God, he's so disarming. That's extraordinary. And, and I spoke to him a few times, not a huge amount of times. And just thought, I'm not finding any weakness here. And I immediately started thinking, I see you're a sociopath. Because everybody is utterly, and you used the word awe before I did. Everyone is slightly in awe of you. And it's not necessarily actually because of these caps or what he's won. It's actually no. not that. It's something else. It's the personality. And he's given off. Now, I've met one or two. We mentioned earlier on, we have chatted beforehand about Jock Steen, obviously one of those types of people. And there are very, very few of them around, well, very few that I'm kind of taken by anyway, to that level. So I started watching him closer. So not spending time speaking, but being in the company where he was in and watching him and thinking, right, is this an act? Is this you manipulating people? And he didn't seem to be doing it for anyone else. He was just being who he was. Mm. And it's an extraordinary reaction. So if you ask someone like Didier Drogba or Lampard or you know, Brino, they'll all say the same. Impressive, strong, powerful, self-willed men, and yet they're impacted yeah, similarly. Yeah, they're going, wow, he's just an incredible person. And the classic old line, you would almost do anything for them. You know, now, I don't know if I would have been like that playing them, but I'm quite struck by it. Also struck by the intelligence. It's a different type of intelligence, isn't it? The type of intelligence that you have dealing with people. And he's extraordinary at that. So when I looked at all the people coming through and thought, well, who would be a good manager? You know, and there's loads of them there from from Giggsy and Rio and Frank and all the rest of it. I would put him at the top of the ones most likely. Not definite. Absolutely nobody gets a definite to succeed in management because no. it's a stupid game. And you need to get the, the right time, the right club, the right situation as well. But if I'd put money on anyone, it would be him because I would suspect that he would get and it's a hate cliches, but he would get that dressing room mm. and those players doing everything. And there's a big thing about any management, it's not football. I mean, one of the things I studied before I became a footballer was management, is maximising the potential of the, the people that are working under you. If you can do that, you can do no more. I have a massive suspicion that he can do that mm-hmm. as good as anyone. Automatically, probably, right? I mean, all, albeit yeah. that he is analytical I think particularly because I think he's very streetwise and that, mm. that isn't in any way pejorative mm. I don't think I think you know, London was its personality was a very streetwise city where you had to be quite sharp yeah. and quick but people around you not just about yourself in which to survive and um, I think he has that but also I think that when you've got um, I don't know what presence is or how you radiate <laughs> intensity but he does do both of those things, and I, I can't explain it, but it is the truth, I think. We are, you're dancing around being able to say it's impossible to tell. Because if there's a simple way of oh, telling oh, it, oh, people oh. would copy it, or do yeah. it, or affect yeah. it. Yeah. You know, and is it, uh, is it 
Burns, was it? No, not Rabbi, the other one, George, <laughs> who said, you know, if you can fake sincerity, you've got it made. To be fair, it's just something special. It's something other. Um, and I, I'm very hugely impressed with that side. It doesn't mean to say you're impressed with every single part of their person's uh, personality. In the world that we live in just now, that's usually picked up as a quote, and people mm. then dig you back in. But I don't care. No. I me- remember at a time, John was going through a really bad time uh, with some of the sort of front page stories. Were, and I went to a company and said, look, I want to make a documentary about him. And I want to put a different spin on it. What do you mean spin? I said, I just want to tell the truth. Yeah. And they absolutely weren't doing it. And I said, well, wouldn't you like to have the truth? Out of fear that they yes. might be perceived in a certain way. Exactly. But what's happened to like articulacy and freedom of speech and democracy? That's a tiny little, you know... Well, that, that's, you're talking that... Microcosm that, may, that may have been seven, eight, nine years ago. And that's the case seven, eight, nine years ago. I'm saying it's a lot worse. The Met Police <laughs> not investigating election fraud because of politically How, sensitive uh, times. Exactly. So I've, I've kind of... When I have any of my falls that I will have things that I will say By being because honest. I will say something honest I said something honest the other day on radio which got me tons of abuse in various places Go on. and I feel so comfortable with it it's a really <laughs> nice feeling there was a game Spurs were playing against Cardiff and I was at that game and there was a sending off I don't know if you saw it it was last Saturday night one of the Cardiff players made a tackle from behind but put his leg over the top and it looked horrible mm. to which I said yeah, that's a booking, but you get sent off. It's a bit harsh because the appropriate that was raining down on me, I was saying, but he wasn't trying to hurt him. Mm. He was just basically bringing him down. Mm-hmm. It looked ungainly, clumsy, and they abused you. How can you think that? Well, I'll tell you how without being arrogant. I've probably had as many as tackles as anybody around, anyone you get around just now with 800 professional games and the type of player who would get that tackle. That's not the one I was worried about. That's not the one I was, you know, it was going to injure me badly. That you, would get me annoyed. The one where you knew either in advance or once it's impacted yeah. that somebody was out to do you. Yes, you knew, you actually knew it before it came, the one that was trying to do that. And that was more common then than it is now. But that was not a tackle that was out to hurt. Now, he could have got hurt if he'd have felt, I mean, yep. Salah fell in an odd way in the Champions League and final. Jeff. That wasn't a deliberate attempt to go and dislocate his soldier, for God's sake. Yeah. The madness of people he's, suggesting he's been, of that. Although he's a, he's a brutal tough yes. guy. He's been portrayed as like, <laughs> it's you know, madness. Hess or Himmler. Um, oh, this evil scheme that he's been planning <laughs> for weeks and, ah, he's falling just as I wanted him to. <laughs> There's the pop I was waiting oh, for. It was laughable. For it was, it was actually laughable Thank hearing you. people saying that. And I'm going... Don't even, there isn't a human being in the world that is capable of doing that and making that happen. Don't be daft. So when you're on and you're doing, if you're doing an analysis or something, I have to be honest. And even when I'm saying it sometimes, I know I'm saying it and I know the action is going to get. Yeah. And some people think, well, you're just saying that for reaction. Mm. In that case, no, 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 I will back it up. Yeah. Um, so that, that's where we are now that I will continue to say whatever I feel I want to say but I will not say it for pure effect no. and that's that's the other side of it in things that I've talked on media television, radio, whatever I'll quite often be expected to say, oh he should be sacked mm-hmm. I won't say that, I'll say look here are the circumstances there are a lot of circumstances again, a lot of chat a while back about Gordon Tracking being you mentioned this, being the Scotland manager and he didn't get Scotland to the Euros and World Cups etc 
and I'm looking at it thinking he's maximising the potential of yeah. all those players. Yeah. Thank you done very well in Scotland. Mm-hmm. I said, it doesn't matter. If you get rid of him, you better have somebody that's better. Mm-hmm. And Big Eck, good what? friend of mine, but I don't know if he's better than that. Gordon, in fact, I'm convinced or, he's not. Or find six or seven new good players that don't exist. Exactly, maximising the potential of what he's got. So that's all you can do. And sometimes that's it's not an easy, it's not an easy headline, that, is it? It's an easy headline as Satin. I, I, I'm really glad that somebody's um, you know walking into the gale, mm-hmm. um, because you know it, it, like all monosodium glutamate, it becomes addictive. Mm-hmm. So once you get into a cycle, people wanting to hear yes, sack him. Mm-hmm. It's what you say because it is quite addictive. To say okay, let's move on. Let's get rid of that subject and let's move mm-hmm. on to the next subject. Whether it's for the right reasons, whether it will have the right effect or not. And also, just like at the guillotine, there, there's a natural... We all have a natural bloodlust, sadly. Not me. Um, <laughs> I wish I've never had, but the other side of it I see, which I've worked in the media for quite a long time now, is that I know some of the guys are clever enough and cute enough to know that that's what sells. Mm-hmm. sells them. Mm-hmm. And I mean some ex-players as well. You've seen it yourself. Yeah. And it's, that's perfectly reasonable. It's a game. It's not for me. It's not a no. game. But for, for others, it's a game. And it's a way of earning a living. And that's... that's I used to be, and used to despise that. Mm. I don't anymore. I just see it's a game. There's a guy many years ago called Jimmy is Sanderson in Scotland used to Are do you it. You're at the game caller. It's no different now. <laughs> it's exactly the same, only a different version. Jimmy, the first shock chalk in Scotland. Exactly. Right? Oh so God. when you've seen it once, you're a bit dim if you can't see it happen again. So I watch. But I find it all, all very interesting. I find the whole. The whole media circus is the wrong word, but the whole way that media runs quite interesting. Again, we've talked in the past about you know how Irish media and sports very different from British media and sports. Well, can we, because we both admire them, can we just say the guys who produce and talk on off the ball and news talk? They're, they're worth mentioning because they are that good. So that's I'll say I, that apart those, from, apart from me on a Monday night, could I do every Monday night? That's uh, but they are fish. no, but they're some of the excellent workers in, in the Irish sports media because we would include set captains too but we both think well of those guys. Here's a thought though you always so the next question is which go right to your questions away why? And I asked somebody and I got a great answer once let me throw this one at you or anyone listening you look at British media and you know, not all of it, don't abuse all because there's some very good journals out there many I hugely respect and I, I do True. read but maybe less so than maybe time's gone past and it's easier to, to do the shock jock stuff a little bit. But if you go to Ireland, there is some shock jockey stuff, but you will get depth and you will get intelligence and you will get knowledge and you will, they will not apologise for it. I remember asking one of the guys, why is it that there is this, there is, you know it and I know it, there's a cultural difference. Yeah. Why is it? And somebody said brilliantly to me once, it's your base newspaper. How do you mean? I said, well, if you say, what is the, the newspaper of the UK mm-hmm. that everybody reads? Evening Express in Aberdeen, obviously. <laughs> right. do, we even, do we have to say it out loud? You have to say it out loud. It's sad, well, it's, but it's there's true. There's two villains over the la- of my lifetime. There's two villains. Mm-hmm. The Sun is one and right. now the male is the other. Right, so the Sun's the one. Right. So that is the base, right? Now, it's not a newspaper I have to read or, or get or anything, but I know that's the, the base of... When I say base, I mean that's where the culture comes from because it's so big in the culture. Where's the base in Ireland? I'd say the, the Times, the... Exactly. You know. <laughs> you, you, it's your first answer gives it away yeah. every time. The so that's where you're, well, but, but that's the base. That's where it comes from. Yeah. So the thinking comes from Quality. there. The idea comes from there. And 
it doesn't give you all the answers to it, but it well, gives you where given that, the cl- given that we're only exchanging ideas. What I've found, and, and I, I've spent a lot of time uh, watching friends of mine play sport to a mm-hmm. high level, or um, going there and watching sport, or working with the broadcasters that you're talking mm-hmm. about. One of the things that I always say to them, and and they, they may be, uh, they may they, these two ideas might link, might tessellate. Mm-hmm. Apart from Australia, or Australians. I've never met an audience in any country that has a greater thirst for all sports, whether it be their sport or not, mm-hmm. than in Ireland. I've, I've met, we, again, I've gone and worked in countries, or I know people from countries where there'll be a basket full of three or four or five sports mm-hmm. that are extremely important and that country might be knowledgeable about. But when you go across Ireland, one, they tend to have, ve- one, I think a greater part of that community is still playing sport and living a clubhouse idea whether it be GAA or football or rugby, you get generations of families and neighbours all going down the clubhouse seeing a game of an afternoon, going and watching competitive sport, maybe helping develop because the local community has a whether it be hurling or GAA football or soccer or rugby or golf or whatever the one you want so one they're all much deep, more deeply woven into the idea of what sport for, how do you support it, who's any good, a young one's coming through. And they, they, they're much more diverse than our culture, I think, and that's helpful. And a, a part of reading is where their base is, it's, it's a wider one. You know, you, I, I don't know the full reason, somebody will do a study into it once. But, you know, I, I go over there for, I, for quite a few years, I was doing Satanta over there, I was flying over there once a week, um, as I said, doing news talk, um, and to be fair, you'll say something sometimes, you'll be in one of the studios, you know, off air, and you'll say, what happened in the golf last week? And they'll say, oh, Harrington, you've seen the 13th, you know, he, he had that shot, you know, and he, he should have faded it. And you're going, I just, it was just a vague question. <laughs> you know? I, he was okay. <laughs> and you get this noise coming from everywhere, and it's there just, and it's a, a, port, a sport picked out there. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm, I think we're both big fans, and I am yeah. certainly a big fan, and you know, Anytime I'm asked to do it, but it's to take nothing away from, you know, different types of journalism. Again, I want to always bring it back to them. I don't say what's good or bad. I say what interests me, mm-hmm. and I don't. I've very much grown into that. I'm taught by my wife <laughs> to have an opinion and believe it, but not there is a, there is no more than one right. Present a case. I'll, I'll do that. Um, I think you know this is right. <laughs> when, when we've been talking about John Terry, is he effectively just? A modern Dubrovsky. <laughs> uh, this is not a visual medium, but I am uh, showing Pat um, picture taken d- from the 1983 Cupners Cup final. As I think Santiana is trying to lecture Big Doug with a finger wagging at him, and Doug's <laughs> picking the other player up. I can give you 20 minutes on Doogie. Oh, uh, let's, let's do that. Well, good or bad? Very, very quick. Huntley legend. Comes down to Chelsea when I'm there, and he's replacing. An absolute legend, Joey Jones, who the fans love more than anyone else. And Big Doug's not always the Joey was born with tattoos, wasn't he? Yeah, but in all the fist pumps and the rest before fist fist pumps were a thing. And Doogie comes in, and of course he's, you know, he's he's rough and ready. We understand that. So he's come down, and being Scottish, we want the Scottish guys to do well. First training session, the ball's bounced and gone up. So I need to go up for the header with Doogie. So I got there, put my shoulder in to head him. Honestly, it was like heading a wall. <laughs> you, I, ouch! <laughs> you, you banged your shoulder off him and you fell down again. And he just looked at you as if, what was that all about? 
made of a different material than most of us. And there's a few a few guys like that, but the sweetest, nicest guy in the world off the pitch as well. And he did the nicest thing with me. He was there before we went to that. 83, round about that time, mm. played in a cup final against Rangers, I mm. believe. Immediately Derek, after that game. Derek Johnson. Ah, uh, no, 79, yeah, where nah, he, sent he, off. Derek has admitted that he, he, you know, he swindled the ref. Yes, yeah, swindled the ref. he'd been butted or whatever. So Doogie comes down, Derek Johnson was at Chelsea at the time. Of course he was, aye. Same dressing, year, never spoke a word. Never said a word to each other. How oh, can you do that? Really? How can you sit in this small area? I knew Dougie had Sicilian blood in him. I've always <laughs> nothing, said things from Sicily. Nothing. And Dougie, Big Derry was a funny bloke, and he would try and rewind up nothing. Complete and utter dead eyes. But I, I, I love Dougie. He did this uh, one great favour to me once. Um, at the end of one season, uh, my flat rental had run out. <laughs> Changed Daisy. <laughs> Player of the year at Chelsea, I was on like 180 quid a week. Um, things have changed. Just and you have nowhere to stay. And nowhere to live. And I rented around two weeks before I went back up north, you know, for the summer and come back down again. And Doogie says, Oh, come and stay with me and my wife. And I went and stayed with Doogie in this lovely family setting, which is considering the life I was having at the time is weird. And it was lovely, and he took care of us. And I said, Look, as a, as a favour, mate, I'll, I'll take you out one of my nights out. And this was the very early days, which would 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 years later would have been called raves, but then they were called they were, then they were exactly that, that shocked you. But then they were called. It's a great thing about questions. <laughs> you never know what can If you're going to try and sell to me that you took Doogie Doo for you're children, right. It's going to be worse. It's going to get a lot worse. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, come out with me, and it was, it was then it was called a warehouse party, right? So right, right. I've driven Doogie down to the south of Brixton. Brixton, in the middle of nowhere. And we turned up there, and there was people like, if you remember the time, like Boy George or Marilyn or, you know, weird people. People were dressed, dressed very strangely. Some yeah. people were dressed in 18th century outfits. Yeah. Um, I remember, and you, you brought your own beer or whatever, um, there's Doogie standing there in the middle of it with a beer, <laughs> wearing his Chelsea kit. <laughs> He's actually wearing the full tracksuit. <laughs> A shocking blue tracksuit, and I'm sitting there like hipster kind of. I go, this is. If only I could show people this. If only I had cameras to kind of explain it to people. Uh, and Big Doogie's first line after about ten minutes, I said, "What do you think, Doogie?" Anyway, didn't you know this sort of thing existed? <laughs> <laughs> it's just I love Doogie. So, so it, and it, uh, you know, the nice thing you put a picture in front of me. Yeah, yeah. The weirdest thing about it, and the thing I loved about. Loved about being involved in football and being involved in football. I was such an outsider within it that things that other people would find normal, I found extremely strange. Mm. So you could almost put any player there, and I'll tell you a, a story about the weirdness of it, which from their perspective was perfectly normal how they behaved, mm. and from my perspective as an outsider was, you. My nickname at the time was weirdo mm. with the players. And I'm thinking, no, no, I'm the normal one. <laughs> <laughs> You're all weird. <laughs> and I was absolutely convinced about it. Um, but he's a great, great guy, too. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Well, without making that... I can't, I can't let that go without necessarily making that point personal to anybody who was weird in your experience unless you want to yeah. because let, let, you know open by the way weird's not bad no <laughs> interesting oh. yeah, yeah come exactly. on weird's you're okay. selling snow to the okay, okay. there okay, yeah. I agree um, one of the things that we do about this although this is our Pat Nevin episode it's also a real privilege to be able to open the curtains of the football world mm-hmm. a little bit to people so Tell the first anecdote that comes to your mind about the, they're the weird ones, not me. <sighs> right, I, I tell you a really stupid, simple one, right? So dead simple one, I'm, I'm sure I've told before. It's just the first one that comes to my mind. I, I read a lot, I was I'm very into serious literature, like Camus, as you do when you're younger. And, mm-hmm. you know, but of course, in the team bus, this looks weird. And I'm reading one day the short stories of Anton Chekhov on the bus, as you do. And one of the players, Dale Jasper, walks back up and says, Oh, Patsy, I know one of your authors, and I went, and I really want to sit down, sit down. He sat down. He goes, That's really, Jack. I'm amazed. And he goes, Yeah, but I didn't know you were a Trekkie part. And I went, <laughs> Not that Chekhov. No, different Chekhov deal. <laughs> so, and that, because I never have all these things happening all the time. And I'd be looking around for can, can, somebody, can I share this with somebody? And it, was, it always, always happened that I would find myself in what I thought was a normality. I remember often in games you'd say something, but you just say the words that came to you. So <laughs> playing near the end of my career, playing for Tranmere, sent up the wall. So the wall set up twenty yards out. This free kick, really tense time. The wall set up. I'm on the side of the wall. I'm the guy charging the ball, but I'm round at the side that way. I'm close, and the referee's there, and I'm ten yards away. But I'm on an arc from the referee. Says, "Get back, get back!" And I, what? And he says, "Get back, get back!" And everyone's jostling, jostling. And I said. I'm, we're equidistant. <laughs> oh, the wall, the referee, the guy's taking it. I'm like, equidistant. 
<laughs> and I go, <laughs> and it happened all the time. You just look at you as if to say, nah, that's a perfectly reasonable word. Bloody words and the trouble they get you. Into. You're, 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 you don't think it's that weird. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes you, there was a, it was an interest. We're all, we all love words and I love writing and uh, still do a lot of writing. Um, and quite often, you, I change my language and my accent for where I'm working. There's no point in me doing world service and using my Glasgow accent. You're wasting your time, mate. You're not really understood. again, it would be yeah. quite nice to be understood yes. if I'm on there. So the idea, so you're not being posh, you're just cleaning the voice up and you're, you know, so you do that and then again. But sometimes, over the years with football, you had to do that with language as well. <laughs> well, let's test your language um, now. <laughs> And let's do a trick that we tried um, with... There's only one person whose face I don't want to see coming here if it's a Facebook carry No, there's no, there's no faces at the moment. I'm just offering um, our uh, companions the chance to visually represent what we've just talked about. Before we went and sat down with Chris Waddle, um, we had a big, long... It may seem mm-hmm. that we'd never work on this and, and think about it, but before we went to see Chris up in Sheffield, we all talked about this idea that we love hearing a person's skills worked out, unpacked, described, because, you know, as we didn't have your talents, and therefore if you get a chance to ask somebody to explain it, it's a privilege, but often, as you know, people who have been in your position don't quite know how they do it, and we were struck by the build-up to Damien Duff interview, where he was excoriating about his own inability to teach young ones, as when he, and he, he walked off the pitch, he was embarrassed, he was angry, and he's changing that, but he was just... Um, he was just embarrassed at mm. so he said will we ask Chris about what he could do as, as an exciting talented mm. wide player or creative player so we sat down and we said look how, how did you do it what were any just and I imagine you can do something similar about your own skills but it does interest me when you're in um, a one on one repeatedly which you are mm. whether you were playing whether you consider yourself a 10 or a striker mm. or a winger Really often, and before we recorded, you, you talked about one of the one-on-one battles in your mm-hmm. life against a against a diminutive quick Spaniard. Mm-hmm. What did you do? How did you? How much did you think about it? How much mm-hmm. did you analyse? How much of it was about you know physiology? Try and yeah. tell us a little bit about what made you special with the ball at your feet. Um, I'm going to really disappoint you. I'm going, to, and I always disappoint people when I tell them about it. Uh, it was utterly worked out. Totally worked out. People always say the phrase, oh, you were naturally gifted. None, I'm afraid. It was all worked. Everything. From the age of about three or four, my dad was a coach. And he used to take me down to watch Celtic training. Mm-hmm. Used to be able to go Barfield. Yeah. Used to be able to go and watch. Go and watch. My dad read all the coaching books from Herrera onwards. Gosh. My dad would take me out every single day and we would work on techniques. Every single Fabulous. day of my life. So after work, my dad came on a long work at the railways, uh, where he worked, and uh, five o'clock, I'd be there, boots on, out, we'll do an hour, an hour and a half, two hours, whatever. Um, and we would work on all these different methodologies from Stanley Matthews, used to do the one with the sticks. So every single one. Then we go and watch, say, Celtic play. Now, it was a very fortunate time. This was the end of the Lisbon Lions and the start of the quality streak. So you're seeing Jinky and you're seeing Lennox and Old, but you're also seeing Kenny and Louis McCarry and David Hay um, and McGrain and if any of them done a trick I saw it and we'd go and work it and I'd get it 
and I'd learn it. So I'd learn every single trick I'd ever seen. Now this is before the time of videos and lots of games on TV. So every single one of them was worked and analysed and developed. And there was very few that I, you couldn't do after a while. But then it was to put them into a game at the right time. But because you'd done the infamous 10,000 hours, which I had done by a very, very, very early age with this technical stuff, it was just there. Why did you grimace when you said that 10,000 hours? Because I know the history of that and it wasn't Gladwell that came up with it originally, it was another man that came up with it originally and 10,000 hours is a pat expression, but in actual fact, put that amount of time and effort into anything, you will become natural and become second fruit. 10,000, it's, a, it's, a, it's almost a... It's, it's, a it becomes automatic. It's it? totally automatic. I can, can I give you a great example of it? There's a particular trick that I had and I learned it off a couple of players. There was a player at Rangers used to have sent a forward recently who was brilliant Michael Moles oh yeah the Dutchman yeah he had this trick he was and I used to use, use this trick all the time but Michael used to do it as well as anyone I'd ever seen it was a wait play behind you mm-hmm. wait for him, him to come over your shoulder mm-hmm. anyway I'll show it doesn't matter you, better if he's taller than you as soon as he's over your shoulder I'm gone I know I've beaten you and I'm, I'm beyond you already I'm already thinking what I'm going to do next because I am going to drag you. Lean forward and corkscrew. And corkscrew, right? Yeah. So, and twists. And it's a special twist that damages your inguinal ligament in case you're in <laughs> That still, was my next question. Yeah. Um, and I could, that was one of my favourites. I learned it very, very early on. I'd watched it. Moses is famously very good at, you know the trick I'm talking about, the, the sp- specific Does it skill. have any relation to what Douglas used to do? To some degree, yes. And that's I probably know where identical. I got it. It's probably where I got the original. Yeah because he used to stick his backside in and roll them that way yeah. and I'd manipulated it so that's one tiny little bit of it so you're asking me what you do you have one on one I would always manipulate a situation to get the defender where I wanted them yeah. if you watch a tennis player like Andy yeah. it's three shots before bring it bring him to the situation that you want you're, that's what you're doing now when you're you're manipulating that and you've got that and you do that and it works and mm. by the way I know I'm going to be able to do it with you because mm. I know what you're going to do. Mm. I've already, in my mind, also checked around where everybody is. And by the time I get by that, I know that somebody's peeled off in the back place I'm going to get there. And they, presumably the more intelligent ones, kind of are doing the reverse to you. Like, well, they were doing, he's getting him, he's getting him, here's the role, I'll make my move. Yeah. So they, uh, that, that's just one Aldridge of Aldridge at Tranmere would have been one. No, Dixon, Dixon, he just did. They weren't as complicated. They just went in an area. Don't worry, you go there, I'll find you okay. there. So they will go there. So you, you manipulate all of them, you learn with people around you. Mm. So when you're in those days, um, I'm, going to, I'm going to speak something, I'm going to say something, I'm going to couch it in such language that I'll try not... I will Just get, don't I'll, say equidistant. No. All right? right. I watch... See, I, as you've mentioned before, I didn't like playing the wing. I never liked playing the wing. You know, you're, you've only got that. You've only got I think anybody with a brain could yeah. see that you were somebody who, if you if you allowed uh, the team that you was with you to compensate for you being able to go and find clever space, yeah. then you do special things. It but it looked like to me. Uh, yeah. So that was it. And I had a couple of managers, only a couple of my entire twenty-year career, that would allow that for only maybe you know, three or four years of my career. Mm. And it was so, you know, freeing, you know, and it mm. was lovely. And then you look at it now, and you watch. And Esther, yeah. and you watch Silver, and you go, shit. Why was I allowed to do that? Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't you trust me? And now and again, when the managers did, it always seemed to work. But 
the bravery of the British game at the time yeah. wasn't there because it was 4-4-2 four, four, it was 4-3-3 three, three. Mm-hmm. no one was playing between lines no one was doing that Bet365 who love us and sponsor us have said to us that they need to know from you what's the greatest goal you ever scored? ah cool I never think of it in those terms um remember going to right okay best one often said by Clyde supporters Playing for Clyde against ooh somebody Stenhouse Muir couldn't be something like that no it, be, no it was Aloha I was my second season there it was icy it was rock hard I hadn't played well because it's not my conditions it was really horrible rutted ground and with 10 minutes to go I was beginning to get really infuriated because I knew that Celtic manager Billy McNeil had come to see me playing and I thought I've got to do something so I got the ball out wide and went in a total mazy, <laughs> took it through. And many Clyde fans tell me it was every player in their team, but it was quite a lot of players, including the goalkeeper, stopped on the line and then back heeled it in <laughs> and ran up towards the halfway line to look up where Billy was. Gone. He <laughs> 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 never saw it. And that was probably, yeah, it's probably the best. It's, and the, one of the great things about it, it was, uh, it was never on camera, so I can lie about it and say it was better than it was. Who's the best footballer Bet365 want to know? The best footballer that you've ever played alongside? Uh, I change the answer to this all the time. I've been asked this quite a few times. I mean, look at me, I played with Kenny at uh, Scotland, which is a strange thing to, to watch somebody growing up and then play alongside. So Kenny was fabulous. Um, I mentioned a very short time Peter Bearsley. It was, was one of those players that would walk into one of the great, any of the great teams now. Um, but the one I often use is, is one because it, because it would have been the best player. So it's a bit like me and my favourite bands. They would have been the greatest. <laughs> um, but Norman Whiteside, when I was at Everton, and I played with him for two years. And you, you have to play with somebody and then you realise, oh my God, I've not seen you giving the ball away yet. And I've been playing with you for two years <laughs> in games and training. And nobody get the ball off you either. And I'm thinking... That's just wow. You couldn't tackle him. His body position was very, very strong, man. Also, unbelievably strong. Slow. Everyone t- said, and then he told me one day why he was. It's because uh, he had an operation when he was seventeen that went wrong, which was a very. By the way, I'm not telling you your job. Do Norman. It's fabulous. Wonderful. Fabulous. Wonderful. I mean, totally unexpected, right? Okay. But uh, Norman apparently was a sprinter to top level before that. In Ireland as a kid, so you had that as well. So you put him at centre back, centre midfield, centre forward. He'd have been one of the best players, if not the best player in your team. And everybody that played with him, like yeah, Strachan and people like that, they always say he would have been the greatest. He would have been one of the best you've ever seen. But by the time he was 23, he'd gone. The knee had gone. He was playing in one leg, and he still scored. I think it was nearly 20 goals that season. One leg. The guy is totally misunderstood. Hugely intelligent. We've talked it right at the start about John Terry, yeah. about people who are misrepresented and yeah. totally and utterly. He is even more so than JT. <laughs> that, that's one of the most striking and convincing answers yeah. we've ever had on this series ever. Seriously, have a go on. And, and because you know Norman clearly, you know when you see him coming through in the World Cup, that meant so much to me because it's where I went and discovered the world. He's he's sixteen. <laughs> And beating Spain with Northern Ireland, playing yeah. with a team of men, playing on a ten-man team because Maradona he sent off and holding his own then. And I hadn't extrapolated that maybe several years later he may still be that if good. You, at I'm not going to tell you the story of the injury. One day, ask okay. him. Okay. 
I'm not going to steal your question, right? But one of the questions people often ask, what's the most important moment in your career? And my important has never, ever changed. And when I was early days, first season at Chelsea, and uh, I used to walk home after a game, lift up Nils Court. And I walked out and I played well and I scored again. And I, was, I walked out and as I walked up the road, this old guy just walked in beside me. Because you're never, aren't you? Yes, yes, yes. Come out to see you play today. Um, I don't get out much anymore. Um, I really wanted to see you play. I hear you're a talented player. And scared, you, you entertain me today. It was great. And I went, oh, great. And I went to speak to him and he just walked away. And I thought, that's why I play football. Yeah. That is utterly and completely why I play football. Because he's come out. He, and I, 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 I've told a million stories. Maybe he was on his own. He'd lost his wife. Or what, all that yeah. stuff. But I got him out. He'd done that. He'd, he'd had that time, that moment. And I'd helped give him it. And I thought, didn't get any better than that. I and said, it stayed with you all this time. I, and it always made... I never really had to. I always give 100% of you. I'm really, really hard-working guy. In, in my football games, is always, always, always hard-working for the entirety of each game. Um, and wouldn't be because my dad never missed many games because he always came to all the games but even without my dad as long as I knew that guy yeah. or somebody other guy that I'll never meet gets that moment so you don't know about this podcast you don't know who might touch that you say something about somebody I believe, that. I believe that and it is there and it's a lovely moment when it happens and you, it comes back to you and you think that's lovely and it's not selfish it's just a great share last one from our lovely sponsors Bet365 and it's a good one Will Chelsea win the title during Maurizio Sarri's time at the club? In fact, sorry, Beatrice, I'm going to change that. Will Chelsea win the title during Maurizio Sarri's first season at the club? Brackets, Graham's part of this. And are you enjoying the brand of football? Number one, you either expect a yes or a no there. And you're going to get the weirdest answer. Don't care. Absolutely don't care. Because it's so lovely to watch. And it's so enjoyable to watch. Um, I want them to be successful with my team. You know, Hibs is my team in Scotland now. Chelsea is my team in England. Um, but the way they're playing is so joyous. It's so lovely to watch. Um, I was at a game recently and uh, Liverpool scored a late equaliser. Great goal, Sturridge. Fantastic. And in times gone by, I would have walked out there because I was doing it and I'd have got <laughs> anger, fury. <laughs> the place was buzzing. Yeah. The fans were like, oh, it wasn't that great. <laughs> You've massive rivals in Liverpool. Yeah. An ex-player goes and smacks one in the top corner in the last couple of minutes. Yeah. And you, you'd Should expect... Should be all tribal and angry and... Uh, no, robbed. not there. How can you change an entire ethos of a club in seven weeks, which is what he's done? By the way, it's extraordinary. It's mm. absolutely extreme. That's to take nothing away from what Josie done before and what Antonio done before. He has changed the concept. For, 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 for you. So you're talking in, in footballistically, but mm. also for a foreigner who's never worked in England before with a disparate group of players, some of whom were disaffected. Yeah. So just in any work situation, to bring all those difficult elements together and to be producing some sort of symphony of football, because it's, it's beautiful. I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying trying to analyse why ah. at the moment. And it's, it's been really good. I found out, because immediately you say, oh, the first game they play against my city, and you think, all right, there's your problem there. Gigino gets caught in the ball, you stop him, then it's all dead. And then you watch, well, Gigino wouldn't have done that well for that long had he only one trick in his book. And, he's, and then you watch him a bit more, and you see that when they do one thing, he adapts it to do something else. And then you start thinking, oh, my goodness, how many players, and I'd ask this of you, how many players can control a game that you've ever seen to the level he does? 
Now, there's very, very few that I can remember. Now, Iniesta, I think, can, mm. could, mm. clearly. Mm. Um, you, Pirlo, mm. Pirlo, obviously could do that, mm. control the tempo. And the but how many, really, can control an entire game? No. But he does. Extremely few. He does. And it's an extraordinary thing. Stan had moments, Redondo mm. had moments, to the level mm. you're talking about, maybe not so often, but... It's you're, and you're also only talking about the ultra elite. Yeah, it's, and, to, and to do it in the Premier League, and to do it in a different style, and to do it so quickly, and it might not last for I don't know. No, but I've not seen. It's, I'm very impressed by that. I love the fact. That, and by the way, I didn't know how good Kovacic was either. <laughs> yeah, good. it's been. He's been. Yeah, but you, they, 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 um, Escondido, they, they, they hid him away from you because mm-hmm. when he when he moved from and when he was at Real Madrid the first time, you could see. The, the one, although he was played in an organising, defending role at Madrid, what he came as was somebody who really loved the movement between the middle of midfield and the and the attacking yeah. phase in the box, and he had it. And they kind of just squeezed the juice out of him, the life out of him, giving the wrong amount of time at the wrong times. Mm-hmm. But you knew one, given his love of the ball and moving it, and also because Croats are usually pretty robust people. Mm-hmm. I knew there was something coming back because I, I think he was going to rediscover his enjoyment of being a, a top quality footballer again. I'm sure you'll look out for it, but there was a, he done a technical thing the game we watched about three weeks ago. And it's very different from those we were talking about before, you know, the ones like Silva's and Matter and all that. Mm. Um, but Sesk was playing in that central Jorginho role. And he was doing his version of it, which is very mm. different from Jorginho, which mm. Sesk, fabulous, beautiful player, mm-hmm. one of the best passes I've ever seen of a ball. But he wasn't developing the space in the same way. But Kovacic was playing. And there was a moment where they were getting the ball from the back. And Kovacic did something, a bit of movement to get the ball, moved it again, and moved away. And the, the, the whole thing just opened up. And I, I sure have spotted Seth turn around and go, was that how you do it? <laughs> and for Seth to do that, yeah. for considering That's how, That's uh, that is some level, yeah, yeah. and for him to buy into it as much as he is. So, in short... Don't care. I'd like them to win it, but I don't care. I love watching them at the moment. Well, I'm going to be a little bit cheesy here and saying, Pat Nevin, not only has this been a real joy, as much of, I mean, my heart is bigger than it was when I came in, because <laughs> we've talked about yeah. things that matter and that are yeah. joyful. And, and don't lean across and punch me now, you're not a violent yeah, man. Yeah. Pat, we've been picking apart the blues. So now, why don't yeah. we close on? There can be no other way to close. Picking the blues. I like that, picking apart the blues, picking the blues, no? It'll do. Pat, thank you for your generosity and your fun and sharing all of that with us. It's been my pleasure. Brilliant. Thank you for joining us for season 2018-19. We've got huge creative plans for the months ahead, but we do need your help to make them happen. Please go right now to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter and become a social, become a paying member and get an extra big interview every month plus loads of bonus content. Last season, socios listened to nine exclusive big interviews including Rafa van der Vaart, Troy Deeney, Roberto Di Matteo and loads of me talking about football. The Premier League, the Champions League, Spanish football. I'm sure they enjoyed it and you will too. Support us, join us. Thank you.